Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Please forgive me because my heart is racing right now. Welcome in Sports Talk Mississippi. (laughs) Woo! The United States of America beat Iran one to nothing. Iran. Iran. Say it right. Forgive me. I don't want anybody questioning us. And we are on to the knockout round of the World Cup. Netherlands on Saturday morning. The Dutch are our next opponent. Uh, It's not football. It's not basketball. It's not baseball. Soccer is the most stressful sport on earth to watch when you care about the result. My goodness. There are only two things in this world I cannot stand. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and tradition and the Dutch. Oh, man. Oh, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Saturday. It's a good Dutch team, too. They got, they, got a lot, they got a lot of talent. I guess Ooh. they're all good at uh, at this point, but, oh, man. Yeah. So, Captain America. I'm Michael Borky, by the way. He's Brian Haydad. Richard Cross uh, will join us here soon. So, we were supposed to yes. be at the Connerly Trophy presentation, uh, unfortunately, there is some pretty nasty weather moving through the state, and they uh, made the the right decision, a hard decision, because a lot of people work really hard to put on the event that they do. Uh, but they made the right decision to, to not have a bunch of people traveling to try to get to Jackson and then get home after the ceremony, and have decided to, uh, to announce the winner virtually. That'll happen at 6.30. Richard was down here for that, and... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it would be better for him to drive before the weather gets here as opposed to yes. after when it's dark. So I, I can't tell you how happy I was to get the text that said, you don't have to come, before I got in the car. I was in the middle of doing my podcast, which I got here early to do because I didn't want to do the podcast at like 9 o'clock tonight. And I got the text that I was just like, man, another 30 minutes and I'd have been in the car. I'd have been mad. But here we, yeah. So here we are. So I hate that we can't be at the Country Club of Jackson. Always love being at the Connerly Trophy uh, presentation. Always a great event. And uh, we'll still talk to some of the folks, the good folks who make that happen a little later in the show. But, yes, we are here. I'm in Starkville, Borky and Jackson, and Richard should be back with us very soon 
uh, in Oxford and what has been a uh, kind of a surreal day in sports. You know, obviously the USA thing is is incredible, and then we add the, this picture going around Borky of Cohen and Freeze holding up the Auburn jersey. It's like the bat. It's like Batman and the Joker on the same team. Superman and Lex Luthor. Well, they what's, what's going on? Did you did you, you miss the hug when he introduced? I didn't see Freeze, the hug. He like went for the handshake, and they went ahead and. Gave, gave brothers it, don't yeah. shake hands. Brothers got a hug. Oh man, my heart's still oh racing. my word! It's it's surreal. It's absolutely surreal to me to see some of this stuff. So, and of course, the word just uh just tweeted out from Ole Miss that Lane Kiffin has made it official and signed his contract extension, so he will be in Oxford for a long time. That long time being eleven months. I got a. Uh... I'm in a group message uh, with a bunch of college buddies, and uh, get the first message after that broke was, took him long enough. And then the next message was, it's about expletive that starts with an F, time. So <laughs> yeah. better late than ever, I suppose. But yeah, so we do have a lot, of, uh, lot to talk about today. I do love this, though. I, I love that... You know, we're in Mississippi, right? This is a football state. we got football stories to talk about. We will talk about Hugh Freeze uh, in his introductory press conference today. We will talk about Lane Kiffin's new contract. We will do lines for a championship Saturday, which is Saturday, by the way. We'll talk about the implications on each game, all that stuff. But our text line... Our text line is filled with people that are pumped up about the outcome of a soccer game. Even Lee, for example. Lee in Starkville says, I'm not a big soccer fan, but I feel like the Egg Bowl just ended after watching that. I mean, (laughs) gosh. When when we made the decision to essentially give up trying to score, we played prevent defense. We brought in an extra defender to to just... Mm -hmm. Last like 10 minutes of the game. Well, I guess it's really 20 minutes with with stoppage time. And uh, it works because we won, but that just increases the stress level 10 times over because our only goal is to not give one up. So I just, you know... Get in front of a shot, just clear it away, and then they get the ball again. It's just for ten minutes you are just allowing chances. them to. <sighs> we had we had some chances. We just just didn't capitalize on them. Just to, that's that's the biggest issue that team has is the lack of of quality finishers mm-hmm. up top. They don't have a, a guy they can just get. You know, they don't have an Mbappe, which nobody does. But you know, they don't they don't have a guy like you know the the English of Harry Kane or some you know somebody they can just get the ball into and like score a goal. And don't the, really have it. You got to create. And, and our best guy to do that, who scored on on a stunning goal, by the way, the ball from McKinney, uh, Des didn't control it at all, just right off of his head across to Pulisic, who put yeah. his body on the line for his country. We and we will not get any uh, Pulisic young ones to to save us in the next generation. I think I think that's out of the question after what happened to our our, our captain today. They uh, they called it an abdominal injury. <laughs> it's a little lower than that. A little, a little lower than that. But it uh, hurts in the abdominal region when you get hit there. Yeah, it does. I'm, I mean, I'll speak from experience. And, and you know, we're not going to dive into the geopolitical implications of that. But after the bizarre nature of the press conference yesterday, with uh, the the Iranian Federation calling for <laughs> the uh, the United States to get kicked out of the tournament 
f- w- Iranian me- I call it media. They're not media. They are mouthpieces for the government. It's it's propaganda arms. There there's not true media. Um, asking our coach about why we have warships parked where they are. Asking our players about like, uh, like they know how dare you represent a country that discriminates, um, which is an amazing lack of self awareness on their part. But either way, all of that stuff, all that extra stuff going on when it's the United States and Iran, and and to win that game with the stress level uh, added to that with a bunch of players that don't have experience at that level. That was the youngest. Uh, starting lineup in the tournament so far. Bunch of guys that don't have this kind of experience. Yeah. Played well. Their leader got knocked out early. So that stunk. We'll see if he's able to play Saturday. But all three of these games played well, handled the moment well, and the United States is moving on, which is awesome. So that's enough. It's so funny talk. for me, you know, I, I enjoy it, right? I enjoy watching. Obviously I'm cheering for my country. But I'm this. I'm just not as into it as you are. You know, I, I enjoy watching the games. I enjoy seeing all the familiar faces that I see on the weekends and, and the names that I know about. You are just obsessed with this, and I, it's cool. It's a good obsession. So, like our 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 our, our uh, I don't know what the word is, but like I'm happy. You are ecstatic, man. I uh, so when the final whistle blew, I don't I don't know what the show would be like if they had, if they had equalized there. Oh, if they I... had gotten that penalty. You you would I, I would be carrying this show big time. <laughs> Honestly, I would have to, I think I would tears would have rolled. I really do. I think I, that oh, would, uh, man. I, I would have. Yeah. Um, no, when uh, uh, when the final whistle blew, we've the, the door to this studio is sound protected, obviously. So it's a thick, right. probably four or five inch thick wooden door. And mm-hmm. I ran on purpose right up to that door and chest bumped it, and now I'm hurting. But that's okay. Uh, <laughs> You dummy. I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little sore. maybe that's why my heart is racing because I'm a I'm a little sore. You may uh, have actually there. bruised your heart, Jeff. Uh, in you Oxford, go home, a, wake up in the morning with bruised ribs, a bunch of emojis and stuff. Barton Columbus sent us a gif that uh, I can't describe without getting in trouble, but it's showing um, his excitement. Yeah. Let's just uh, let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. There's a couple jokes in here that I can't read, but we see you guys and we appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Thomas and Greenwood, that's a really funny joke. It's we funny. can't say it, but it's really funny. We get one message that says I didn't breathe for 50 minutes. Me either. You should be dead. You should, and it feels like I am. So uh, thank you guys, and of course we get the yawn. Soccer is boring. Yeah, well, uh, you're boring. You, you also hate your country. So. Uh, <laughs> Simple as that. You're boring. I am I not am knowing anything else about you. I just know that you're boring. So, uh, hey, Dad, you make the call. Where do we go next? Do we start with Kiffin signing his contract? I mean, I guess that's news. It, well, somebody it wants me to explain the next round. So, uh, it's it's pretty simple. Ne- the next round is win or go home. It's a tournament uh, bracket. There will be now. no more draws, and there are no more draws at this point. They will play uh, what thirty minutes of extra time uh, if it's if it's tied at the end of regulation. And then if it's tied at the end of extra time, they go to a penalty shootout. Best of five, and then after that, if you're if you're still tied after best of five, it's sudden death. And then there is no there is no tomorrow in the next one. You have to win or go home. Yeah. So uh, we'll either uh, I'll let Haydad make the call. We either talk Lane Kiffin's contract, or uh, even though we're not at the Connerly, rightfully so, 
uh, talk some Connerly. So either one of those, we well, come back. We would, let's 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 say that we and we should be at the Connerly. So let's talk about the Connerly. All right, we'll do that when we get back. Luke Johnson will join us to talk about Southern Miss getting a bowl game. Uh, Twenty minutes from right now, Sports Talk Mississippi will be back. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Weather moving across the state, which is why we're not at the Connerly. Two active tornado warnings right now. Two different ones. Uh, one about an hour north of Jackson. One about an hour or so south of Jackson. So the first one's in Atala, Carroll, Holmes, and Montgomery counties. The other one's in Pike, Wilkinson, and Amit counties. So uh, they are moving from west to east. Um, if you are in those counties, you know what to do. Get in your tornado safe space, interior room, no windows. Uh, I even saw uh, earlier meteorologists suggesting if you got like a batting helmet or something at home, go ahead and put that on. Can't hurt. Uh, and what I've learned with my little one is uh, make it a game. You know, it, it's hard to do if if you are in a county where there's a tornado warning or it's possibly uh, in your path. For example, the the one that's north of Jackson is just about to cross Interstate 55 uh, right now. So it's uh, right smack dab almost in the middle of the state. Uh, make a game out of it. You don't have to uh, just kind of lock them in this closet and sit there. Uh, I found a few months ago when we were going through this that, uh, you know, my little guy actually had fun <laughs> in our tornado safe space. So... Uh, it's hard to do. It's a stressful thing, but little things like that make a game out of it uh, if you can to try to keep uh, the spirits high and uh, ride these things out. So be safe out there. Uh, more weather is expected to come uh, later on today as well. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. It's a shame we couldn't be at the Connerly tonight, but I was thinking about something earlier. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. as I probably say too much, I am not a native Mississippian, but I have lived here 12 years now. Going to, so I'm on year 13. Been here a while. And I have learned a lot of things about Mississippi that I didn't know uh, growing up or, or even really like in college. How influential this otherwise really small state. You know, we're a small state population-wise, fewer than 3 million people. Don't have a big city center. Uh, there's a lot of great things here, but it's it's not like Mississippi is known as like this big state with this big giant city and all this stuff. We're we're kind of a small, unassuming state until you dig in on it. Like music, for example. Uh, Elvis aside, you know, the the originator of rock or uh, American rock and roll, right? Him aside, even the king, the, the Mississippi Delta blues influenced worldwide music in a way that's hard to believe. Like, two of my favorite bands, most iconic bands in music, the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin, 
would not have been who they are without the Mississippi Blues. Uh, and they attribute right. the, their influences to that. Uh, you, you've got the same thing in literature, and not just Grisham, right? Even modern literature to this day, Greg Isles. You know, it's it, you'd be shocked at the number of authors that have come through this state, and poets, and novelists, and uh, you have it in entertainment. I mean, the amount of people that are in movies and TV that, that all come from, the influence that Mississippi has is crazy. We're awesome. I get it. I get the point. We're, pretty We're awesome. awesome here in Mississippi. And we do that in football, too. And other states, like the one I grew up in, there's a rich FCS history of football in South Carolina with the Citadel and Furman and Wofford, but everything's about Clemson and South Carolina. Now, don't get me wrong, like Ole Miss and State also have iconic players and moments and stuff, but it's not just Ole Miss and State. It's it's Valley, it's Alcorn, it's JSU. The the influence or the, the power in football that has come from this state is just like the same power that this state has had on the music industry, that that's had on literature. For such a small, unassuming place that people turn their noses up at, we kind of dictate the culture in this great country. It's remarkable to think about because you know I'm reading the releases about the Connerly and the players that have won it and the schools and stuff. Maybe other states have a history like this, and I'm just ignorant to them. I would be surprised if per capita anybody can top what Mississippi has done on the football field. I mean, just from an, an NFL standpoint, you can make a legitimate case that the three, the, the best running back, the best uh, wide receiver, and the best defensive lineman of all time played at Mississippi schools. And that's Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, and Deacon Jones. I mean, you're not going to find people who certain. Nobody's really going to argue with about Rice. I don't think Peyton wouldn't get much of an argument, and Deacon Jones, a lot, of, not a great defensive lineman, but he's going to be towards the top. And on top of all the rest of the Hall of Famers that have come through all of our schools, and now you look at the NFL today, and there's there's huge stars from Mississippi uh, at every position, and you know it, it goes to say it goes without saying we've said it so many times that if this state was like Louisiana or Arkansas. And you just had the one major university. If you combine State, Southern, and, and Ole Miss, I mean, that's a team that would contend year in, year out for the national championship. Annual. There's just no question. Oh, yeah. You go back to, to the, the, the year that always stands out to me is 2018, when State has the number one defense in the country. All right, now can they have A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and, and those guys with that on, on offense? And then all of a sudden, now who's beating that team? So... <laughs> You know, it's 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 kind of our burden to bear. But you're right. This state, year in year out, produces the, some top quality guys at every. And this year is no exception uh, with some of the guys that are nominated for this award. You've got Quinshawn Judkins, who, when his time comes, will be a first round pick. Led the uh, SEC in rushing this year. Manuel Forbes, who was absolutely yeah snubbed well, today joke. by the Thorpe Award. What an absolute joke that was. For him to not even be a finalist. Leads the nation in interceptions and pick sixes. Three catches allowed this year in man coverage. Three in 12 games. But he's not a finalist. for not Never mind winning the award, which he should do anyway. But Forbes will be an NFL player. Jason Brownlee, an outstanding receiver for, for, uh, for Southern Miss. He's a guy who I could see playing at the next level. Just a guy who catches the ball when it's thrown to him, which is great. And then you have all the great small school guys. And, of course, you have Shadur Sanders, who 
Might be the biggest name in the state, to be totally honest with you. You know, never mind that he's Deion's son. He's a great quarterback, and he led his team to an undefeated season. What more can you ask for from a guy? So, if you don't mind, and if you want to answer uh, no comment, that's fine. How did you vote? I'm not supposed to reveal that until after the. Uh, oh, oh, that's that is what that said. It, yeah. So. So let's just say that my, my the fan base that is most closely associated with me will probably be unhappy with me. Well, we'll they, they kind of tend to be unhappy. Now they they hate me regardless. It doesn't matter. It's like they want me to be unbiased, but then they want me to be a homer too. So they I, they, you know, they want it's, the it's tough. It's a tough line to walk. They want the truth, but, but they want their truth, not not the. They truth. want their version of the truth. So, yeah. but that's that's how I, you know I'll, I'll be happy to reveal my vote when they when they announce the. Uh, the winner later tonight, but my guess is everybody's ballot, outside of a few, was some combination of Quinshawn Judkins, Sudor Sanders, and Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. There'll be some votes for all of the guys on the list, I'm sure, but that's going to be the top three, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I, my guess, I, I, for some reason, I think that uh, Judkins is going to win uh, t- tonight, for whatever that's worth. I, I think yeah. he's going to win. Yeah. But, you know... I think so as well. It... it, it there are people that want to show love to not Ole Miss and State. And I understand why, because there's more than two teams that, that play football in this state. There's a really good chance to give this award to not the Ole Miss or State guy with Sanders. Like, if, if a voter yes. wanted to, all right, look, Ole Miss and State have really good players because they play in the SEC. They're the most popular teams in the state. You know. But we have a guy that you can... You can Vote for him. I would not argue with anybody. I would not argue with anyone who voted for Sanders first. Would not. Like I said, the guy was. uh, uh, He has his stats are great, better than any quarterback in the state, even better than Will Rogers, and won every game he played in. I mean, you can't do a whole lot more than that. Yeah. Chase on the text line says, "Of all the goat debates, greatest wide receiver is the only one I refuse to even listen to, unless the person says Jerry Rice." I mean, that's the way it should be. Absolutely. I, 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 the the gap for Rice between the number two guy is so great. I don't know who to put at number two. Like if you said Moss, okay, said sure, I mean, like Don Hudson from back in the day. Sure, I can get behind that. I, there are a lot of guys who could be number two. There's only one guy who could be number one. That that that's exclusively. The debate. Yeah. So Southern Miss has a nominee tonight, but also they uh, they're going bowling. A big next step for Will Hall and his program's development for sure. We'll talk to Luke Johnson of the Eagle Hour when we come back. It's funny when I texted him this morning. He uh, he said that he was worried we forgot about him. No, we haven't forgotten about him, uh, and we will have him on next. And he, I know we were he was kind of busy last week. Today. There was this game being played that people were paying attention to. So we'll uh, we'll talk Golden Eagle football with Luke Johnson when we come back. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi.
Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. I, I told you that we were done with soccer. We're going to do one more thing. Not right now. But I found the uh, the Spanish call of our goal. And I have to play that. I, I have to. It's I, always I, good. I, I have always to play good. that. So, anyway... We will uh, transition away from that right now and talk to Luke Johnson of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Joining us right now on the Farm Bureau guest line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Uh, real quick, Luke, before we get into football, um, where did this Golden Eagle basketball team come from? Undefeated, win over Vanderbilt. Impressive start, right? Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Um, yeah, they're 7-0, and so they've tied the amount of wins that they had last year and. It was just a complete roster turnover. Um, they got some guys from Mercer. One guy that, that you'll hear about throughout the year, Felipe Hase, six six ten, can shoot the three ball. He's basically scored in double digits every time he's played. Um, DeAndre Pinckney's playing good down low, and, and uh, Austin Crowley, the transfer from Ole Miss, he's he's been on fire. And so Southern Miss has um, not only bigs uh, who can shoot from outside and and, and play inside. They've got a, a natural, true shooter in Austin Crowley. Transferred from Ole Miss from West Point. And uh, they had some some other uh, young blood that's come in, and there was some turnover on the coaching staff, too. And, you know, if you look back uh, at Jay Ladder at Southeastern Louisiana, it was year four that sometimes coaches don't get. But that's when he, uh, he, he righted the ship. And so maybe Eagles will do that. Play Montana tonight in Reed Green Coliseum. And, uh, yeah, if, if they win tonight, there's a real opportunity they could start off 10-0, and 11-0. That's impressive. Wow. I mean, did people expect this? I, I, you know, maybe that's a dumb question, but going into the season, did did this kind of start appear on anybody's radar? Well, I mean, Jay's been really frank, and and uh, he wouldn't mind me saying this at all. Like, you know, after the season was over, there were some some Southern Miss fans that were just like, "There's no way you can bring this guy back." But Jeremy McLean and him sat down, and they did. Going to the Sun Belt, you know, allows you a, a fresh, uh, clean slate, and so. You know, Jay Ladner has, has uh, owned it. He's owned the previous three seasons. And really nobody saw this coming. Um, a, a few of the assistant coaches, when they were on with us, they said this team can be really good. And I don't think really many people believed it just because you look at what they've done. But they're completely different. Uh, I'd love to see them play Auburn down in Cancun. They weren't on that side of the pairing. But, you know, you look at some of these schedules, and, you know, it's, it's uh, teams from other leagues, but a lot of the teams that they played, like, like the Purdue-Fort Wayne and, and a few of those other teams, they're picked to win their leagues. Um, and then, you know, you win, you went on the road at Liberty. They've only lost uh, four or five at home since 2018. So, yeah, I mean, Southern Miss has a few pieces that, uh, that they can make some noise. They were kind of picked last in the Sun Belt. <laughs> so uh, seven of those starts more than anybody imagined. Now turn the page to football. So it's been a little bit since we've talked to you last uh, – that Georgia State game, quite some time ago, get blown out in that one, but you have a three-point loss at Coastal. You have a seven-point loss to South Alabama, and then they finally turn around, get that sixth win, go bowling, beating Louisiana Monroe. Uh, what does that mean for the program itself first? I mean, five and the difference between five and seven and six and six, it, it's like... It, it feels like the difference between winning one game or winning, like, eight. Um, and, and so for Will Hall and his staff, you just kind of saw him after the game. It kind of reminded you of after they beat Tulane. Um, just some of, you know, the, the sigh of relief, the excitement. They get extra uh, extra um, 
practices. You know, he's got about 70 freshmen and sophomores, so they get the extra practice. Guys like Jason Brownlee or the Connerly uh, or, or the Southern's representative for the Connerly, you know, those, those guys have an opportunity to, to go out and play in a bowl game. Transfers in like Tyler and Knight. They, they want to do this for the, for the, uh, the seniors. Dominique Quiwan was a guy and Avery Hobbes, too, that stuck around, you know, through as crazy as 2020 was. And so uh, I think it's big for, for Will Hall. It's big for, uh, for, for the seniors, uh, but it allows, you know, you, you to be able to develop. And, I mean, Southern Miss fans, you know, frustrated. Will's frustrated because you look at this schedule, and I think we, you know, Richard and I earlier in, uh, before the season, we, made, we said maybe seven and five, six and six, but it's a frustrating six and six. Because if you don't turn the ball over three times inside the ten against Liberty, you win that one. That's seven. Uh, they against Coastal, they didn't score two or three times inside the ten. That that's eight, and that's a big win against Coastal. And then you look at South Alabama; they did the same thing. Eagles couldn't score inside the red zone um, sometimes when it mattered. And so you're you're twelve points from uh, you know from uh, being nine and three. You're five points from being eight and four. When you think about th- this program under Will Hall, year two, you know, three and nine the first year, six and six this year, chance to win seven games. Just in your own mind, Luke, when you think back to when he was hired, is this about where you thought you'd be in year two? Little, little ahead, little behind? What would you say? Yeah, I mean, when when the reality check came last year, because people said, you know, we were in bad, a bad shape, scholarship wise, talent wise, when Will came in. I think before the year started, everybody would have said, okay, six wins in year, year two, that, that's, that's great. Like, yeah, I'll take that all day long. I think it was the other six losses, take out Georgia State, take out Miami, and it was the other, the other losses where you were just like, dang, we were better than what we thought we were. You know, if, and, and what, but still what's amazing is you have the ability to, to win six games, the opportunity to win six games, when you when you have had instability at the quarterback position for for two years in a row, I think that shows you know the skill uh, skill guys that this team had, but the, the defense was elite in the Sun Belt. And then you know from a, a quarterback perspective, that's been the real struggle for the Golden Eagles is trying to find the right guy to, to take over. We, we, you know, we I, I was a huge fan of Ty Keys in high school. I really thought he would be able to come in and contribute. Injuries have kind of gotten in his way. Do you feel going forward that quarterback position is set, or should people be mindful of the transfer portal? A name like Luke Altmyer would he be a fit down in Hattiesburg? Yeah, I mean, so so the guys on the roster right now, Trey Lope is, is technically a redshirt junior. He's working on his doctorate, by the way, at Southern Miss. Um, and But he participated, he and Avery Hobbes are both redshirt juniors, they participated in senior day. So so you don't know, I think it was, the way it was explained to us was, just in case they didn't come back or decided to move on because Hobbes got married in the offseason. Um they just wanted to participate. Okay, so he's got somebody telling him what to do is what you're telling me. No, no, Trey, Trey Lowe uh, has an opportunity to come back. We just we just don't know if, yeah, that's exactly right, uh, if, if that's going to happen or not. Um, so if, say, he does come back, regardless of whether he comes back, I think Will Hall is, has got to get a, a quarterback in the, in the portal. Um, but you kind of want that decision, whether Lowe's coming back or not, to be made somewhat because – that's going to affect whether people come in or not. And the portal is also going to affect, you know, probably whether or not you keep both, both Wilkie and Keys. And that's kind of the conundrum you're in. 
um, you're, you're looking around and you're saying, we're going to lose somebody if we bring somebody else in. But, I mean, yeah, shoot, Luke Allmeyer and, and this offense and what, what Will Hall wants to do, a guy like that. And, and I think watching other quarterbacks in the Sun Belt, especially like with what Kane uh, Womack did at South Al, Southern Miss didn't have to go get a Power 5 guy, you know, to, to be able to compete. There, there's plenty of accurate passers out there. But if you can land a dude like Luke Altmaier, absolutely. Uh, about a minute left with you, Luke. Uh, bowl destinations. Uh, do you have any idea where Southern Miss will be playing their uh, 13th game? Well, it, it's we, we went over it today. You know, there's a list of one of our friends put out, and uh, it's like 10 different possibilities from, like, ten different publications. <laughs> so uh, Montgomery is an option with a Camellia, Linden Tree, and Mobile. Uh, a really intriguing matchup because the Independence Bowl had reps the last uh, couple weeks. There was talk that Southern Miss may be able to play Memphis in, in the Independence, which would be cool to you know, play an old rival. Uh, that, that would be a fun game, both six and six teams. And, you know, Boca Raton's been thrown out. Uh, so I, I would probably say because of what how Southern Miss, you know, can travel, uh, they know that those – those uh, fans will go. So I would say maybe Mobile, Linden Tree, or or uh, the Independence, based off what happens in Army Navy. So either one of those Southern Miss fans would would go to in a heartbeat. Boca is nicer for sure, but uh, the first three you mentioned like actually drivable and doable for the majority of fans. Yeah, I think you know just listening to people. If you could play in the Independence because it's before Christmas too. Um, and uh, and if you could play Memphis, I think people would travel to see that that game again. Well, Luke, thank you so much, man. We'll uh, we'll come back to you one maybe to talk basketball. That's not something we've done the last few years. Uh, regularly talk Southern Miss basketball, but if they keep winning, uh, we're just going to have to do that. Uh, but also after the bowl selection and stuff like that. So thank you for uh, your time today, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys, be safe. See you later. That's Luke Johnson of the Super Talk Eagle Hour joining us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Richard Cross is uh, safe and sound in Oxford, so he'll join us next, and the gang will be all here. Also going to play you that Spanish gold call because everything in sports sounds better in Spanish, or at least from Spanish announcers, uh, announcers on Telemundo. Anyway, it's true. It is true. Undeniable. So we'll be right back. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere. Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Let's Tyler. I don't want to make it. Se mete Serginio. Pira para Serginio. Des. El toque medio. Policio. Gol.
the great Andreas Cantor from Telemundo. Nothing better than hearing Estados Unidos, too. It makes me laugh every time. Oh, yeah. Good stuff there. Howdy, boys. Richard, here, uh, you need to you need to get into that. Just touchdown! I do it you four know, times. Did, didn't that sound a little more a little more guttural and a little more somber than some of the calls? I mean, I, I feel like a lot of the times th- that voice goes up. Ah, and he's there's into more it. excitement. Well, if one of the the Central or South American teams, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, those are his teams, but. Yes, uh, what a win for the uh, the United States! I, I did pull it up, kind of listened fun. a little on the radio. I think it was just a simulcast of the uh, the TV deal. And uh, Borky, you mentioned uh, that that Iran uh, earlier in the week. You said they were going to absolutely park the bus because a draw was good for them. The United States, what thirty eighth minute, uh, got the yeah. goal from Pulisic, and uh, then the United States was kind of the team that parked the bus. At the uh, end of the game, which I, I know you guys talked about it earlier, creates a uh, a far more nerve wracking finish because you don't have that counter attack in place. It's just like rebuff, clear, rebuff, rinse and repeat. Yeah, and uh, fortunately they were able to rebuff it enough times. I, look, I'm not soccer strategist at all, but there was that one late breakaway in stoppage time, and instead of kind of huddling and going to the corner and just trying to milk the clock. I don't even know who it was, but there was a United States player that was going for the kill shot. It was like he had a one-on-one. I think it was Haji, right. Yeah, it was Uh, Haji and uh, made a mistake there. Also, this kind of – Cameron Carter-Vickers, for example, this is our team right here. Uh, His mom is from London, and his dad played basketball at LSU and I think won the national championship or they went to the Final Four. the Final Four in 1981. Yeah. And, like, Tim Way, uh, who, who played today, his dad is the president of Liberia, hmm. but grew up in Brooklyn. A bunch <laughs> of good, yeah, a bunch of good Yanks there. And, you know, Christian Pulisic, who had to go to the hospital with his... Um, Grin, with, injury? Go the Moorhead route. With, with his below the belt route. Lower injury, body. His lower body Lower injury. body injury. Had to go is to he going to be able to go against uh, the Netherlands? Depends on if everything's... You know, put together. I guess. I mean, can you just tape it in place and move on? I, I don't. I don't know how Ooh. that works. I, I don't know, but yeah, brutal. Wear a cup. Yeah. Ugh. Jeez. Although so, it feels like it would be really difficult to play ninety plus minutes of soccer wearing a cup. Yeah, I wouldn't go. You well. would think, yeah. That would. That would. He's got uh, five days. He should be okay. Plenty yeah. of time. Feels like it would be uh, uncomfortable. Hey, being weather aware this afternoon, we do have an active tornado warning in the state of Mississippi for another half an hour. Choctaw, Montgomery, Octibaha, and Webster counties are under a tornado warning. Pretty significant line of storms that right now is trending just to the north of Starkville. It's making its way east toward the Golden Triangle, but just to the north of Starkville, um, if it shifts south at all, you could be looking at uh, something, you know, it's pretty serious weather in and around uh, Starkville, the Mississippi State campus. But for now, it looks like it is uh, sliding just to the north of Starkville. We'll keep you up to date. This is kind of round one of these storms making their way through Mississippi. There have been a couple of tornado warnings. I know you guys talked about it because of the severe weather. Uh, the Connerly Trophy presentation is now a virtual presentation 
It will be streamed live tonight online at msfame.com. That's the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame website, msfame.com. Jim Richmond from uh, C Spire will join us uh, a little bit later in the 4 o'clock hour. Into the 4 o'clock hour, we'll talk with him uh, and kind of catch up on some of the news surrounding the Connerly Trophy. And then Hugh Mina, who is the president and CEO of uh, C Spire, will join us at 5.37 this afternoon. We'll talk with him some about C Spire's involvement with the Connerly Trophy, but also, uh, you know, as as the leader of a large, successful company in the state of Mississippi. We'll get some of his thoughts on college football as it pertains to name, image, and likeness and you know where they are kind of positioning sell themselves on that front and also where all of this is headed. Uh, Hugh is a, he's a big thinker and, and takes in um, a lot in terms of news and, and tends to have strong opinions on things like that. So we'll get that from uh, Hugh coming up a little bit later this afternoon. Uh, we will talk about the Connerly finalists. I know you guys have done that some. We've got uh, Hugh Freeze's press conference. He was announced as Auburn's head coach. Some thoughts on that. And uh, Lane Kiffin signing his new contract at Ole Miss earlier today. That was announced at 3 o'clock. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Well, it's you and me, baby. No one else we could trust. We'll say nothing to no one. Know how we bust and never crack a smile or flinch or cry. We're all head popping. I don't think he's here. Is he listening? I don't know. This is the one song that I let play all the way to that point. It's uncomfortably long for me to not talk for all of that time, but if you don't let it get all the way to the world is full of stupid people, then what's the point of using that as bumper music? Uh, you're not wrong. I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, I wasn't was, sure you I were was with you. I was listening. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Uh, coming to you in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Um, check them out online, pearlriverresort.com. This is probably not the day that you would want to be on the golf course with Dancing Rabbit, but uh, sure wouldn't be bad at all to be inside the Golden Moon. Uh, you can find out everything that's happening again online at pearlriverresort.com. You can also be a part of the conversation with us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire country. We unfortunately are not at the Ceasefire Connerly Trophy presentation. That is now um, uh, that is now a virtual event. Will and I were talking about this earlier today. I, I was hoping that virtual event was forever removed from our lexicon. It is not. Uh, we learned how to do virtual events quite well uh, over the last couple of years. 
So the good news is um, the award is still being given out. It is still happening, but uh, because of difficulties in travel. And it wasn't so much for the people attending the event, mostly local in Jackson, although that was part of it, but you had uh, players and staff and coaches coming from all over the state of Mississippi uh, and with the threat of severe weather all over the state, they just made the decision that it was going to be better off to do this as a uh, virtual event. So uh, we will be talking about the Connerly Trophy throughout the course of the afternoon. I, I know you guys uh, hit on this a little bit earlier. Hey, Dad, I, I think I agree with your sentiment. And, Borky, I think you were on board as well that um, the, the three highest vote-getters will be, in no particular order, Emmanuel Forbes, Shadur Sanders, and Quinshawn Judkins. Um, we're not supposed to reveal our votes until after the award is announced, so I guess we'll do that tomorrow afternoon on the show. The finalists, though, are Jarvion Howard, the running back from Alcorn State, Connor Fordham, the linebacker from Bellhaven, uh, Delta State quarterback Patrick Shegog, Jackson State quarterback Shadur Sanders, Millsaps wide receiver and kick returner Moise Tezo, Mississippi College's Marcus Williams, running back, Manuel Forbes, the defensive back from Mississippi State. Ronnie Thompson, defensive lineman from Mississippi Valley. Old Mrs. Quinshawn Judkins at running back. And Southern Mrs. Jason Brownlee, wide receiver. It's an incredibly talented group of finalists. And when you go through those finalists' names one by one and you really start looking at the seasons that they've put together, all of them are incredibly deserving. This was... Uh, This was a season where individual excellence abounded at uh, all 10 of these schools in the Magnolia State. Yes. And, of course, you know, you can sort of say that's every year. There's always great candidates and always great players and guys who are going to go on to be great pros and other guys who, you know, they'll go on to whatever it is they do and they'll just have left their legacy at their, at their, their various school. But... The, the the top three guys and and really Brownlee's a really good receiver. I feel like he's going to mm-hmm. be he's kind of that fourth guy. But and Sanders Patrick, she I mean, had a team, monster season at Delta State, monster year for a great team. Sanders leads his team to an undefeated season. He puts some incredible stats. Forbes, we talked about him earlier, the way he was snubbed for the Thorpe Award today, but he's one of the best defensive backs in the country. Quinshawn Junkins could be the national freshman of the year. Uh, regardless of position. He will be first-team All-SEC. He led the SEC in rushing. I did a quick look because I just wanted to see for my own purposes, from from my own ballot. So seven running backs have won the Connerly Award. Judkins has rushed for more yards in a season than all of them except for one, and that was Damian Fletcher in 2007. Oh, wow. So, I mean, the company that he keeps is very, very high level. Yeah. And I know we've said it. A million times, but as a freshman, you're number one. It's, uh, it, it really is incredible. Um, and, at, you know, I don't know what this means other than its existence, but uh, it became public that he locked up a new NIL deal with Ole Miss. So, um, you know how these things work. It's a crazy game. Portal and all that crap is just running wild right now, but if you're an Ole Miss fan... Lane Kiffin remaining is a good sign for you to keep what has a chance to be the best hit. I mean, freshman season, best in school history. Yes. And so the coaches remaining, and they were comfortable with announcing an NIL deal, or at least leaking an NIL deal, 
that is pretty substantial for him. Uh, two very good signs in an otherwise chaotic time in college football. Yeah, and my guess is that you're never going to uh, figure out exactly what the numbers are. Some of those have been rumored and uh, and bounced about, but uh, uh, suffice it to say, it's it's significant for Quinshawn Judkins, and it was going to take significant, right? Because if Ole Miss was not going to give him significance in the NIL space, then there are other schools that would have been more than happy to uh, to do so. So. Your best player probably gets the biggest NIL deal, and he was clearly the best player on that team. I, I, I mentioned this yesterday. I think it was on the air. Maybe it was just in talking with you guys. Regardless of the optics of the last couple of weeks surrounding Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss and the Willie or Wony and did the team play well enough and were they prepared, were they distracted, all of those things, I think Ole Miss is fortunate to not be looking for a head coach right now. You know, Matt Rule signed on with Nebraska. Luke Fickle signed on at Wisconsin. Hugh Free signed on at Auburn. And if you expected anything other than what you got from the introductory press conference today at Auburn, on on multiple fronts, then you probably haven't been paying attention. Hugh Freeze got, oh, what, three or four questions, not terribly pointed, but about his past, second chances, backlash from Auburn fans, and he answered all of them roughly the same, thankful that he got a second chance, um, give me a chance, get to know me, you know, that was what I did, it's not who I am. Um, you know, I think everybody's deserving a second chance. If everybody in this room had had their life played out publicly the way mine has, there might be a lot of uncomfortable people. He kind of played the hits on that front and handled it the way that he should have been, but there were not any piercingly awkward questions that came his way. And after being introduced by John Cohen, He went through, what, about five minutes or so of thank yous to his family, talking about some personal stories. And that part of it was um, awkward is not even remotely the right word. It it, it was sincere, I think, but it was not, um, it wasn't fiery. And maybe that's not supposed to be, but it was like, he needed to get through that part of the introduction and the thank yous. But I said to Michael Borky earlier today, he came off pretty good once he started talking about his program. And Borky said to me, I, I, don't, I think it's okay to say this, that, yeah, it was like he was at a pulpit, and that's when he's at his absolute best. When he switched gears kind of at the end of his thank yous and kind of the... My family is the best. They're the rock stars. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful that they've stuck with me. And he made the transition to now this football team. The level of energy went up. The level of confidence went up. He didn't even peek at a note. He was eye contact with the audience, talking up Bruce Pearl, talking up Cadillac Williams, going through core values of the program. And that was where he was always going to knock it out of the park. 
and he absolutely knocked it out of the park once he got to the football segment of the introductory press conference. And I thought he handled the questions in, in a way that got him through the press conference, made zero additional headlines, and now Auburn and its media, and honestly the national media because they don't have an appetite to care about things for very long, will move on. And, and so now we're back to Hugh Freeze, the football coach, and Hugh Freeze trying to rebuild another program. And he's been pretty proficient at that, whether it was at Lambeth or Arkansas State or Ole Miss or Liberty or now Auburn. And so he's about to hit the trail running on the recruiting – or sorry, redundant – about to hit the ground running on the recruiting trail – He's going to sell in homes, and he's going to do it with Cadillac Williams sitting behind him. They're going to put together a good class. They're going to be competitive in a very short amount of time, I think. Talk more about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Back, Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Tuesday afternoon, the 29th of November. Tomorrow, the last day of the month of November, we turn the calendar to December. Christmas music everywhere you go, lights and holiday cheer and all of the things. All of the things on the horizon. I guess in a lot of places, most of that stuff's already happened. Got your Christmas trees up yet? Uh, getting it this week. Sunday. This coming Sunday, you're doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I got the tree out of the attic on um, on Sunday afternoon, and we kind of got it partially up on Sunday night. Ended up getting the lights on. You know, how you you the lights have got the there's the plug on one end of the cord, and then the other end has got like the prongs that stick out, but then an open ended plug. And somewhere along the way, I got them flipped, and so I got to the end and had nothing to plug into the wall. That's so frustrating. So incredibly fr- I ended up going to Walmart and buying a replacement lamp cord and then like cut the ends off one of the lights and stripped it down and like tied the wires together. And I couldn't, I didn't do something right and I like popped a breaker and sparks flew all over the place and then I got it, realized I needed to unplug it first before I tried to do that again. So anyway, uh, lights are on the tree. Uh, tis the season. I said a lot about Lane Kiff, or uh, excuse me, about Hugh Freeze just uh, a few minutes ago. The press conference day. I think both of you guys watched it, or at least have watched parts of it. What were what were your takeaways? Yeah, I watched it and wasn't surprised. I mean, I brought up the point yesterday that they were going to make sure that no real questions were asked, and there were three missteps. I think one from the media, two from Auburn. The first one is nobody asked him about the messages. And as we learned last night, based on reporting from people in the room, that it wasn't just one emotionally charged message to somebody actively suing his employer. He sent two messages, one in January and one in July. And they're bad. It's, it's, and by bad, I mean they're stupid. He didn't cuss at her. He didn't 
threaten her. It's just remarkably stupid and irresponsible. And not getting asked about that when when he's up there saying, you know, seven years ago I did this and I shouldn't be do I shouldn't have to deal with it today. Well, I understand that. I sympathize with that. But we're talking about something that happened right before the season started. Should be asked about that. So that's media misstep right there. Auburn didn't make John Cohen available for questions. And I think that's kind of cowardly. I mean, if you thoroughly vetted the guy, if you're comfortable with your decision, why isn't the person that hired the football coach getting questions at the here's the football coach press conference? Stand there and answer it like a man. Defend your decision. If you're so afraid of questions, then you shouldn't have hired the guy. And if he's thoroughly vetted, you should be able to answer questions about the vetting process. That's kind of weak. I mean, come on. And lastly, uh, there were reports last night that they part of their agreement was that Hugh Freeze would relinquish his social media. Freeze said today that that was not true. That is not a short-term mistake, but that will get him in trouble at some point. He has demonstrated that over the last decade that we have been aware of his existence on that website. He has not changed in that regard, allowing him to continue using specifically Twitter unsupervised is a dumb decision and it'll hurt them at some point otherwise it was fine (laughs) Uh, Cohen not taking questions is the big thing to me and Cohen if you're wondering oh oh lights flickering here I might you might lose me in any second man Uh, but Cohen took questions after Moorhead and Leach no problem. We all got him over there. Talked to him for a good 10, 15 minutes after the uh, the press conference ended. Everything on the record. No worries. And, you know, the question, normally when it's like an athletic department uh, employee isn't taking questions, the athletic director is the one who has made that decision. Uh, so I want to know who made the decision not to let John Cohen talk. The president of the university? Because what does that say? I had some folks reach out to me today, and they were just like, they, they they were not happy with the way that that went. Uh, some people who uh, you know some 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 people in people the athletic director. No people who have who work in the world of athletics. Okay. The co- at, at at the college level. Yeah, they were just like pretty lame. We'll just put it that way. Um, but it's about par for the course with this. I, I in my heart, I don't believe John Cohen wants to hire Hugh Freeze. Wanted to hire Hugh Freeze, but he went to Auburn, and and what we said was going to happen has happened. The man is beholden to his shareholders, and they have made their decision, and this is the way it is. And so you can enjoy, you know, you get one point five million dollars a year to sit up at that podium and talk about what a great guy Hugh Freeze is, and if he wins a lot of football games. You've got Bruce Pearl, who's going to win a lot of basketball games. You got Butch Thompson, who's going to win a lot of baseball games. Your life should be pretty easy there at Auburn. Yeah. So, what um, who do you think John Cohen wanted to hire? Blaine Kiffin? Oh, I no, probably if I had to guess, if I had to guess, probably Jeff Grimes, somebody like that. Well, that was never going to fly, and he should have known that from the day that he took no the job. So I, I, I don't think well, I, I don't know what you for for John Cohen there. 
I mean, I don't think he wanted to hire Kiffin or, or Freeze. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, if he didn't want to hire either of those two, given where everybody that covered this search from, like, the day Auburn let Brian Harson go until today, then he didn't do a very good job, like, vetting the job that he was taking himself. Because it felt pretty likely that one of those two guys was going to be the head coach there. It took a little while for Hugh Freeze's name to um, to surface. All right, let's set all that stuff aside for a second, and let's let's talk about it on the football front. Because the other stuff really, like I said a second ago, short attention span. Auburn fans aren't going to continue to talk about it. Fans of other schools will jab Auburn fans. Maybe there's some intrepid national reporter who decides to dig a little bit more, but it's not like it's going to be an onslaught of stories. So for the most part, the uncomfortableness of questions about his past are now in the rearview mirror for Hugh Freeze. He got the the new big job. He went through the press conference. He had a script on how he was going to answer those questions, and he's moved on. And so it now becomes about football. Yeah, similar premise, although very different situations, to be clear. Uh, Like I said yesterday, all the bad blood and stuff and the fractured relationships with Boosters and Keith Carter and uh, whatever that Lane Kiffin created over the last two weeks will very soon be forgotten because they're going to, what looks like, sign a pretty good recruiting class. You expect them to portal well, and they have a really good team coming back for 23. So people are going to forget. Same thing with with Hugh Freeze and Auburn. They're probably going to sign a pretty good class. I assume they're going to portal well. And they're probably going to be very good right away. I'm curious to see how consistent they can be in year one, though. Because if you look at their schedule, I mean, they have chances to punch above their weight. Obviously, Georgia's on there because they're always on there. But there's a six-game stretch where all six games are losable. What is it, Hey, Dad? Is it A&M, LSU, Georgia... Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and there's one more. Uh, but regardless, yeah. Well, man, you're in the SEC West, man. Of course, this but is the schedule but, you, you you play, but all in a row. And are are they going to do something where, like, they'll punch up and beat LSU and then lose to Texas A and M? Something like that. That that's what I'm looking for. I expect them to be at least competent right away. I expect them to punch above their weight right away. But so I'm also their first kind of three expecting non-conference everything. games. After their first three non-conference games, which includes a trip to Cal, um, they're at A&M, Georgia at home, at LSU, Ole Miss at home, State at home, at Vanderbilt, at Arkansas. Then they play non-conference, and then they have the Iron Bowl. That's Man, a tough stretch. I'm going to tell you something. We thought the SEC West was competitive this year. Think oh, about next year. Think about what it's going to be next year. Year two of Brian Kelly at LSU, and they won the West in year one. I don't think anybody expects Alabama to be mediocre. It's, it's too talented, and you still got the greatest of all time. Now, they got to replace Bryce Young. Does that mean Milrow? Does that mean another quarterback that's on the roster? Does that mean transfer quarterback? I, I don't know. We'll see. But if you think Alabama's a pushover, you're going to be crazy. Hey, Dad's telling us that Mississippi State next year is at the year in its four- or five-year cycle where they should be the best that they are. Ole Miss, you're going to count them out? 
A lot of pieces coming back, and you assume that they're going to get better through the transfer portal. Yeah, you can't count them out with Dart and Judkins in that backfield. Can't do it. I mean, Arkansas without K.J. Jefferson, presumably, okay, it feels like maybe they take a step back. Auburn's going to get better in a hurry. I don't think A&M's going 5-7 and again next year. The West is going to be a beast. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. We've got college football championship games coming up this Saturday. Let's talk a little bit about them and look at some lines, look at the matchups, get some thoughts. We've also got college football playoff rankings coming tonight. That's going to be a little anticlimactic, isn't it? Like I, it like I agree with Haydad's take yesterday, though. Michigan you think won. Michigan's going one? They should be. I don't Michigan know if they should will. be one. They won't be. They should tell be. me why they should be, though. I've thought about it like they have the best win. Winning on the road at number two is better than beating, I guess they were number one at the time, but at home. Yeah, it was number one versus I, number I, one. Yeah. I think I think that's just a better win. It doesn't if, matter. When they play those, each other, Georgia will crush them. But If those two things are close to equal, Georgia beating number one slash number two at home convincingly, and it was convincing. I know the score was not as lopsided as Michigan over Ohio State. If you watched that game, it was lopsided. It was convincing. Yeah. And on the other side, you get Michigan with a convincing win over Ohio State. And so you say that Mm. those things are basically equal. One of them happened no, more recent. I say that the Ohio State win is better than the Tennessee win. Why? Because well, what we've learned about Tennessee since, and even with Hendon Hooker being out, that doesn't matter. The way they got handled by South Carolina, whereas Ohio State, I mean, they, they're eleven and one. They have one loss. It was a bad one to Michigan. I, I would put. I think the eye test tells me. Again, the eye test really tells me that Georgia will pulverize Michigan when they play them, just the same way they did last year. But I think Ohio State's better than Tennessee. It's hard to ignore giving up 63 points to South Carolina. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. And and they gave up a ton to Alabama. 49. Um, Yeah. I don't know that we debate all the ins and outs of okay. Well, where do you, how does how does Penn State stack up? It, even if you say that Michigan's win over Ohio State is better than Georgia's win over Tennessee, if for no other reason because one was at home and one was on the road. I mean, I'll give you that. What about after that? I mean, there's got to be more to a resume than just one win. There, there is. And I mean, the absolute Michigan blew annihilation out. of Oregon in Week One has to account for something. Has to. true. What was Michigan's? What was Michigan's score against Penn State? Who's higher? Who's ranked higher than Oregon now? 
Uh, Michigan against Penn State was 41-17. So they blew out a higher-ranked team. They were basically the same thing when they played them. Right. No, I'm talking about a, a higher-ranked team now. Penn State yeah, is ranked that, but higher. I, I, but that, that, it, it has to be when you play them. Why does Boo Crumb I mean, the I, committee keep arguing that? Well, they got to win. Because I'm, 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 I just think that we have learned that Penn State probably a better team than Oregon. Penn State's ten and two. You got to have some credit for beating them. Yeah. Oregon has lost to to who? They lost to Oregon State last week. They lost. Who do they lose to? Washington and Georgia. Georgia. They have three losses. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And and Penn State's two losses are to Michigan and Ohio State. Right. The only two ranked teams they played this year. <laughs> the rest of their schedule is complete garbage. Shout out CBS. Well, it's not their fault that Auburn, you know, when they signed that Auburn series, they were like, this is going to be great for us, and it ended up not being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you, when you say Michigan should be one, is that what you believe, mm-hmm. or is that what you think the committee's going to do? Oh, that's what I believe. The committee will keep Georgia at one, I think. Agreed. Okay. The main reason I want Michigan at one is so because I think USC should be four. I don't want Michigan versus USC in the semifinals. I want I want a Rose Bowl matchup in the Peach Bowl or wherever it is. And then I'll get Georgia TCU and that gives me Michigan Georgia for the national title and all like although it could very easily be USC Georgia. I think USC is hot right now. They have the best player. They have the guy who's going to win the Heisman and Caleb Williams. His odds right now are like minus 3000 to win the Heisman, just incredible. <laughs> uh, they're playing really good football right now. They are. They are. Defense still a question mark. Um, they have turnover luck. Some of the best in the country. They do. Yeah. Big time they do. And got another one in a critical moment in that game against UCLA a couple of weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. UCLA, yeah. UCLA got what? the ball. They hadn't stopped UCLA at all. DTR driving down the field, throws a pick, ball game. They had a big, one, big interception last week against Notre Dame. Yeah. So... Do you think ultimately the top four are unchanged, that it remains Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Southern Cal? Top four? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. That, yeah. No, that's not what it was last that, week. Was that it? would be changed because Ohio State's out. But that's and what I'm it's sorry. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the AP. i got to pull up the college football playoff poll. Because LSU yeah, last week it would have been 2-3. Of... Yeah, they were fifth last week. And, of course, Ohio State was ranked last week, or it was in the top four. I think they would be out. Yeah, so last week you had Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU 4, LSU 5, Southern Cal 6. So now it's going to be Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, right? And Southern Cal 4? Should be, yeah. Yeah. Although I will say, there's an, there's a probably a better than 25-30% chance that Ohio State is 4. In front of Southern Cal? Yeah. I mean, they both have one loss. Ohio State lost to you know a better team than Southern Cal did. Ooh. Wouldn't be totally surprised if Ohio State was four. I think USC will be, but I won't be totally surprised. Well, what's interesting now is who gets the nod. Because if Georgia loses to LSU, they're not falling out. No shot. They'll get in. So Georgia's in regardless so now. They are in. Move SEC aside. 
if Michigan loses to Purdue, they're not getting put behind Ohio State. So I think they're in, right? If they lose to Purdue, they're in because Ohio State's not jumping Michigan. So you've got TCU Southern Cal. I don't know. If, if if Michigan loses to Purdue, they might just bump Alabama up into the top four. Which would be ridiculous, <laughs> by the way. But I would laugh so hard. I'm looping them into this. So they'd end up winning it, by the way. If TCU loses to Kansas State, by the way, top fifteen team. Okay. Does Ohio mm-hmm. State get in over them? Should yes. they? I guess is my question. Should they yes, or would they? They should. Because if you look at they only they each have one loss. A loss to Michigan is better than a loss to Kansas State. But TCU had to play the extra game. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, but saying. we we play extra games. So in the, in so the Ohio State gets right in now. over TCU. A one loss TCU, yes. I and obviously they, they would get in over a, a two loss Southern Cal at that point. What happens if they both lose? Is it simply Ohio State, Alabama, come on down? You're going to put two loss Alabama in ahead of. One loss mm-hmm. TCU? You sure are. You 100% are. Do Alabama you... lost two games okay, this year on, by the top on. ten teams by four points. I mean, they're going to get in at that point. Okay, in that scenario, you had TCU losing and Southern Cal losing. Is that yes, right? Yes, both of the ones that mm-hmm. can conceivably be out if they lose. Which is funny, by the way, that Tennessee, who beat Alabama and has the same record as them, we would not discuss them in this, though. So, so there you would be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama. Ohio State, Alabama. There would an be an SEC semifinal and a Big Ten semifinal. The ratings would be incredible. The the outrage that would follow. It's I almost like we'd be at twelve next year. We'd order. be at twelve next year. Yeah, Mark Keenum won't have to do anything else. It's just going to happen. Which, by the way, we've learned tomorrow. That that the uh, the Rose Bowl uh, caved. So there's a report this morning that the college football playoff people, was the deadline. So report just came out that, th- that they're going to agree to the terms, uh, and early expansion is coming. So th- the report this morning was the college football playoff people told the Rose yeah. Bowl, "You're not important. You think you are. You're not. You can either be a part of this or not. And it's up to you. Let us know by Wednesday." Rose Bowl decided they wanted to be a part of it. We're oh, getting early you. expansion. And what was the last little, like the little last ditch effort from the Rose Bowl was they wanted to be guaranteed a semifinal two out of every three years. Well, who yeah. do you think you are? How it's big like, are your britches? The Sugar Bowl is a great game too, guys. People love it. So, I mean, so like literally, no one cares where these games are played. They could be played anywhere in any venue. I don't care that the scenery is better in Pasadena than it is in you know. Uh, where wherever the hell the Fiesta Bowl Stadium is, I can't think of it. Scottsdale, I don't even know. Glendale, I knew it was a Dale, Dale in the Delta. I didn't know where it was. <laughs> Chippendale, but nobody something. cares where the stadium is. The stadium is not important. God, what a bunch of insufferable people. There was a college football playoff source that said this: We want the Rose Bowl. We have a good partnership with the six bowls we are affiliated with. We do, and we want to continue with that. I hope the Rose Bowl will be part of that, but there's no guarantee in any of that. None. And the Rose Bowl said, we'd like to play. Jim <laughs> Richmond from Seaspire will join us coming up next. 
Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon. We thought that we were going to be sitting down in person with our friend Jim Richmond from Seaspire at tonight's Connerly Trophy presentation. Uh, but because of severe weather throughout the state of Mississippi, the uh, decision was made earlier today to make this instead a virtual event. Jim, I know that's uh, disappointing, but uh, sometimes you have to make hard decisions. Thanks for joining us uh, a little bit. Uh, this is the day where the uh, the award is handed out that Seaspire has been involved with for a really long time. Yeah, we we were really uh, still are really excited about uh, what was going to be a, a really good event. Uh, obviously, the finalists are always really strong. I thought we had a really good field this year, and unfortunately, you know, sometimes weather. Uh, wrecks havoc on us we put on a lot of events a lot of which are out outdoors and so we've been affected by weather before so we had to pivot and uh again at 6 30 uh tonight we'll actually go online and uh, with the presentation and i really feel good about it uh we've kind of been working quite a bit today uh, with that change but uh looking forward to it yeah uh you you guys are no strangers to uh pulling off difficult events on uh, on short notice. Where can people watch that for the folks that still want to uh, to watch the event and the award presentation? How do people do that? Yeah, I would certainly encourage people they just go and log in to ceasefire dot com uh slash connerly c o n e r l y and uh, cspire.com slash Connerly, and uh, they'll get there, and uh, we'll we'll have everything uh, rolling at 630. So. All right. Um, Jim, you, you mentioned it a second ago. This year is, is no stranger, but when you look at the finalists for this award tonight uh, for the Seaspire Connerly Trophy, I mean, everywhere you look, if you're talking about Mississippi State and Emmanuel Forbes, he's got three interceptions returned for touchdowns. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins at Ole Miss uh, sets the single-season rushing record and the touchdown record. Shadur Sanders leads Jackson State to an undefeated team. I, I, I know I'm leaving seven others out when I just highlight those three, but the seasons by all ten of these finalists were just incredible. Yeah, you know, you look at it, uh, the season just holistically across the state of Mississippi was really, really good this year from a football standpoint. And obviously every team you have your, your high points and your low points and, uh, but, but consistent good football every Saturday across the state and, uh, really pleased, uh, with these finalists from these teams and obviously the teams uh, that they come from. It's, it's been a really good year and a lot of passion out there for football. It just continues extremely strong and, and a big part of why we continue to stay uh, involved uh, with the C Spire Connerly. Jim Richmond from C Spire visiting with us this afternoon. Jim, I feel like every time I'm either on a sideline or watching a game involving a team in the southeast on television, when I see a, a, a shot of a head coach, I see a C Spire logo on the uh, the headset for the uh, head coach. That's the case for uh, most of these schools in Mississippi and a bunch of other schools in the SEC footprint. Tell me about the we, – we've talked a lot about marketing and sports marketing in the past, but it feels like this has gone to a different place where it's not just it's not just marketing, but there's a really significant branding element to this as well. 
Well, you know, it, it really started years ago, uh, you know, just really kind of thinking through from a marketing standpoint uh, of investing some dollars in, in places where people are passionate. And so, you know, football is obviously, uh, there's a lot of passion in the Deep South, like I mentioned, and specifically with these schools, it really aligns well from a brand play standpoint. And so, you know, we have been a part of uh, the schools in Mississippi from a headset standpoint with JSU and, and Mississippi State and Ole Miss, USM, uh, for years and years and years. I mean, it goes way back. And as we've continued to grow and expand in other states like Alabama and Tennessee, uh, that uh, that same passion obviously is extremely uh, strong in those states as well, the passion for football. And so uh, we feel like that's a really solid play for us from just a brand awareness standpoint. When you think about the millions of viewers every Saturday that tune in and see these games and with the coaches that we have uh, in Mississippi and Alabama and Tennessee and how much the camera goes on those coaches and stays on those coaches, uh, it's really a, a great play from a brand awareness standpoint and uh, something that we've, uh, we've done for, for a number of years and, and will continue to do. And, and, Jim, from a general consumer standpoint, people still think of C Spire as a wireless company because we're attached to our phones all the time. But C Spire as a company has grown into so more, much more than just wireless. Yeah, and, and that is true. I think, uh, you know, it's it's funny. I was reading the other day that in Mississippi, uh, you know, the the people in Mississippi, consumers in Mississippi, use their smartphones 35% more than the global average. So when you made the point about people just constantly have that C Spire phone in their hand, that is true. And so they do think about wireless. Uh, and, you know, we've been successful in that arena since 1988, but we have expanded both in product line as well as territory as well. And, uh, you know, we're extremely strong in the home fiber business now uh, throughout Mississippi. Uh, we're in 45, I think, markets, give or take, in Mississippi and quickly expanding in Alabama uh, as well, uh, spending a lot of dollars investing uh, big time in fiber expansion yeah. and also uh, in uh, parts of uh, Tennessee outside of Memphis as well now. And so that's been a big play. And then also our business uh, side of the house is greatly expanded too with products and services like voice over IP, you know, phone systems, uh, internet access. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Today may not have been a golf day, but soon you will have good forecast days for golf. And you can book your tee time or schedule your trip online at dancingrabbitgolf.com, part of Pearl River Resort. If you want to be a part of the conversation, hope you'll join us on the C Spire text line at 
Uh, if you um, want to stay up with what's going on at Ceasefire, check out their website, ceasefire.com. Jim Richmond told you just a moment ago to watch the Connerly Trophy presentation online tonight starting at 6.30, ceasefire.com slash Connerly. That's only one N, C-O-N-E-R-L-Y, ceasefire.com slash Connerly. Thanks to uh, Jim Richmond for joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Uh, quick look at active tornado warnings that you have in Mississippi. 22 minutes remaining on a uh, tornado warning that includes Holmes, Humphreys, and Yazoo counties. Uh, seven minutes left in a tornado warning. Uh, South Mississippi, Jefferson Davis, Lawrence, and Marion counties. And you've got a tornado warning that's over on the um, the Louisiana-Mississippi line. 37 minutes left. Tornado warning for Madison and Tensas parishes in Louisiana and Claiborne and Warren counties in Mississippi. So Claiborne, you're talking about Port Gibson, uh, Warren County, that's obviously Vicksburg, and all of the surrounding areas. So heads up in those areas, you are under a tornado warning a uh, tornado was located seven miles southwest of New Light or 13 miles southeast of Winsboro, moving to the east at 50 miles per hour. That's a severe storm capable of producing a tornado, not a tornado that has been verified on the ground. So just heads up if you are in uh, Claiborne or Warren counties in Mississippi. Uh, hey, Dad, I know you got a lot of loved ones in that part of the state of Mississippi. Heads up to all of them. All right, let's yes. get to the college football fix. I, I don't Hopefully know. I thought you might say something. Yes, absolutely. I'll just do say it. a prayer. I'll keep it to myself. College football fix. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive an F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. F-Series, number one selling trucks in America for 45 straight years we had a question if there was uh before we get into the college football fix sorry if there was any update on starkville um at last check that tornado warning had expired yeah i'm still here so the uh the tornado that was uh, the tornado warning that existed for choctaw montgomery octibaha and webster counties expired oh about half an hour ago Maybe 45 minutes ago. So all in the clear for there uh, does not mean you are in the clear for the remainder of the night. You want to stay weather aware. But, uh, yeah, that's where we uh, we are right now. So, Borky Championship games this weekend. Walk us through the lines. Yeah, we have. it is Championship Saturday. And uh, although I'm not talking about the Netherlands game, it works out perfectly. USA-Netherlands, 9 a.m. <laughs> when that ends... College football starts. Uh, just a perfect start to your day. Uh, Friday night, though, USC and Utah in Santa Clara. Utah is a three-point underdog. True, true or false? Not in Santa Clara. Oh, they changed it. Vegas. It's in Vegas. Yeah. True or false? This will be the most highly attended Pac-12 championship game since its start. True. 
Probably so, yeah. Sure. I, I would think so. I think Utah will travel well. Southern Cal, it's been so long. I would think that the Southern Cal fans would travel well. It's in Vegas. It's indoors. Weather's not going to be an issue. Kicks off at 7 o'clock Central time. So is Vegas, Vegas mountain time this time of year? I think it's only an hour. I think it's 6 o'clock kickoff in Vegas. So is it when and you're in for USC in the revenge game? Yes. Is it mountain time this time of year? Does the earth shift in Vegas that I'm not aware dude, of? Do dude, they go to in, Pacific time at a certain I, no, time? No, I just know that like in Arizona, they're weird. Sometimes they change times. and So sometimes Arizona lines up with the, with the Pacific time zone. Sometimes they line up with the mountain time zone. And I don't know which one Nevada is in. And forgive me for not pulling up a time zone map. <laughs> I, I Indiana does the same thing, don't they? Parts of Indiana do the same thing. Yes, it's, Las Vegas it's, is in the uh, Pacific time zone, by the way. Okay, so that's a five o'clock local time kick, but whatever, it's in Vegas. Yeah, if you're in Vegas, you know five. It's five o'clock somewhere at all times. Yes, yes, it is. So Borky's question before Hey Dad got hung up on the time zones: yes. Is it when and you're in for Southern Cal? I say yes. Yes. You guys agree? You are not leaving yes. out a one-loss yes. USC. That that makes this a no-brainer, right? Because they're humans in that room. They can talk about integrity and stuff. We all know the drill. A one-loss Arizona State, you ask the, or answer the question a little bit differently than a one-loss USC. Yeah, it's not one-loss Pac-12 champion. It's one-loss USC. Yeah, changes things. But that's and, a, and, and one-loss USC that would have a win over number 14 Utah that would have a win over UCLA, that would have a win over um, Notre Dame this past weekend as well. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's not a rubber stamp because it's USC. It's a, it's a USC because they've got a good resume. Yeah. Right? They've got a one-point loss on the road to Utah. This would be a revenge game. And then they would have three top 20 wins against UCLA, Notre Dame, and Utah in consecutive weeks to finish the season. It's a good resume. And that's a good Friday night. On to Saturday AM, Kansas State, just a two-and-a-half-point dog. Remember, they played a great game earlier this season against TCU. Win and you're in for the Frogs as well. Yep. I think you got yes. four of these win and you're in games. Yes. Georgia can lose. Michigan might get weird. Georgia yes, can lose. Yes, but if lose. they win, they're in. True. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong about that, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's only when and you're in for one of the teams in each of the four games. It's not the winner is in. It could have been the winner is in with the SEC championship game if LSU had not dropped the game to Texas A&M this past weekend. Although that would have been win and you might be in. So TCU, yes, win and they are in. And might have the best overall body of work of anybody in the field. Now, I know we do the where they rank now, not where they ranked when we played them. But that's stupid in my mind. Because when they played them, they had a win over number 18 Oklahoma, a win over number 19 Kansas, a win over number 8 Oklahoma State, a win over number 17 Kansas State, a win over number 18 Texas. Now, with that said, Oklahoma is no longer ranked. Kansas is no longer ranked. Oklahoma State is no longer ranked. Texas will be ranked, 
And so it'll be a win over Kansas State and a win over Texas that will actually be top 25 wins for TCU, but still they've done enough. What else? Next up, uh, a game that kind of loses its luster a little bit with LSU losing to Texas A&M. Georgia, a 17-and-a-half-point favorite in the SEC championship. I don't think it loses its luster a little. I think it lost a lot of luster. I I mentioned this yesterday. It's the first time that I can remember tickets for less than face value for the SEC championship game. Now, they're not the greatest seats in the world, but you can sit in the upper deck in the corners for less than $150. You can sit lower sideline for less than $600. You can sit lower end zone for about $400. In fact, here's one lower end zone for $238 for the SEC championship game. That is unheard of in recent years for that game. So, yeah, I think it's lost a ton of its luster. But with that said, we all believed three weeks ago that there was a scenario where LSU could pull off the upset. It's the same LSU team. They haven't played nearly as well the last couple of weeks. Do you still see a scenario where LSU can pull off the upset? Not not that I did a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, I was like, they could win that game. Now, no, I, I just don't. Maybe I'm prisoner of the moment, but I just don't. All right, we got three more championship games to talk about when we come back. Borky, 20 seconds. Do you still see a route for an upset for LSU? Yeah, and not in a one in a million. It's a longer shot, but there's still like a one shot. in a hundred? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not one in a million, uh, just one in a hundred. So you're Mississippi. telling me there's a chance. We'll be right back. This is Sports Talk. This is sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel, your home for great-looking sportswear. Golf shirts, pullovers. Borky got a different style pullover on today. He's got the performance pullover on. And the uh, that's the black one, right? Oh, man. And it's uh, like... Perfect way, right? Absolutely. Hey, Dad's rocking the, uh, the Genteel shirt today as well. I actually had a sport coat on earlier. That's why I don't have... Genteel golf shirt on right now, that's, but uh, that's why I'm kind of glad the uh, the remote got canceled. You were going to really outshine me today. I saw how you were dressed. And I was just like, oh. hey, I had my suit ready to go too. Ooh, I was see, suited I, up uh, with a a yellow tie with little whiskey bottles. You wear a suit suit and uh, cigars and a cross behind the instead of a skull and crossbones, it was whiskey bottle and cigars. There you go. A classy tie for a classy event. There you go. You look really close at that tie. Those whiskey bottles are flying at a Mississippi State football player. It's really mm. got to really look close, though. Well, regardless, Genteel can help you look your best. You can visit them online at genteelapparel.com or visit one of their many retailers across the state of Mississippi, including Landry's on the Square in Oxford. 
and at Kincaid's in the Jackson Madison Ridgeland area as well. Borky, the uh, ESPN analytics department and their matchup predictor actually give LSU a better chance than you gave them. You said one in a hundred. I kind of put those words in your mouth. They actually go 17 out of 100, a 17% chance for LSU to pull the upset. However, statistically, Georgia is better than LSU in every single statistical category. Points per game, more scored by Georgia. Points allowed, 10 fewer allowed per game than Georgia. Total yards, about 50 more for Georgia. Yards passing more. Yards rushing more. Yards allowed in both passing and rushing less for Georgia. Uh, Georgia is a heavy favorite and should be. In fact, they are a 17-and-a-half-point favorite over LSU in this game, which feels like a big number. Yeah, uh, SaulNola.com, so I guess it's the uh, advocate times pick you and merger, mm-hmm. uh, had a headline today. Honestly, didn't click on the article because the headline was so stupid. Um, asking the question, if this was the best coached LSU season of all time. Ooh. <laughs> Jeez, best coached uh, yes the best coaching job in LSU no. history you gotta give Ed credit oh, don't you they well, three years ago they've won. had arguably the greatest college football team of all time three years ago and you're asking they, the question they, is this the best coach season of all time Never mind that they have three national titles under three different coaches in the last, you know, twenty years. A three loss season is not the correct answer to is this the best coach season of all time? No, it's not. Hmm. Goodness gracious, man. It, it we is are possible prisoners of the moment. It is possible that the best coached season and the worst coach season in LSU football history belong to the same man. But Ed Ogeron gets credit, right? I mean, he was the head coach for a team. They pushed all the right buttons that year. So no, NOLA.com, this is not the best coached season of all time at LSU. All right, three more championship games. Yeah, and there's a bunch of others, you know, Sunbelt and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't mean to diminish the Sunbelt. It's just the winner... Uh, will not play in the Cotton Bowl like the AAC Championship. Tulane, UCF, Tulane, keeping their coach, by the way, Willie Fritz was all but gone to Georgia Tech. That has changed. Georgia Tech promoted the interim. Uh, And, you know, depending on what angle you want to read, it's because Fritz told them no or uh, they decided to go with the interim. But either way, Willie Fritz staying at Tulane, three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against UCF, winner to the Cotton Bowl. Brent Key, by the way, did a really good job as the interim at Georgia Tech. Excellent job. And, you know, earned that. I, I got no issue with that at all. Man, I think that's a really fun game. And I understand that part of the reason that I believe that is because I called American Conference games all season long. I did not have Tulane this year. I did a year ago. Saw them a couple of times. Saw them in their game against Ole Miss and then uh, did one of their games at home, a game they lost to UAB. They were not a good football team by the end of the season last year, decimated by injuries. They've been far healthier this year. Willie Fritz has done a good job with that team. Michael Pratt's a good quarterback. UCF, fun team at 9-3 and three as well. It's a rematch from a game that was played three weeks ago. I think that's a really entertaining football game, UCF and Tulane. And, and for either of those teams to get to the Cotton Bowl, big deal. Very, uh, very big deal. Uh, 
was still laughing today during the World Cup because that's on Fox and, and this game is on Fox. Them doing the promos for Purdue, Michigan are so funny. Michigan with the playoff on the line uh, against Purdue. Check us out on Fox. <laughs> like They had this long, drawn-out running back for Heisman, Michigan's playoff hopes coming off of a big one over Ohio State against Purdue. Big Ten Championship on Purdue. Fox. <laughs> it's like they're not even there. Michigan, 16-and-a-half point mm. favorite. Win and they're in. Shocker, guys. Win and they are in. Um, Purdue's fun. It's a neat story for Aiden O'Connell, the uh, quarterback at Purdue, 22 touchdown passes over 3,000 yards through the air uh, this year. Kind of a redemption season for Jeff Brom. He got the big contract a couple of seasons ago, and Purdue's kind of scuffled. Michigan's going to win the game, and they probably cover. Michigan's been good against the spread this year. Uh, the, The matchup predictor in this one gives Michigan a better chance to beat Purdue. Then Georgia, a chance to beat LSU. It's 89% to 11%. But uh, I think, well, congratulations to Purdue for getting there. It's going to be a coronation for Michigan. Feels. Should be. That should be a great atmosphere in Indianapolis. You would think so. Yeah, it should be good. Just saying, though, spoiler makers is a thing that is real. It is real. It is. Okay. I don't think it's going to happen. But it'll Aiden be fun if it can does. Sling it around a little bit. There might be some some point fireworks uh, in in this one. I'm for it. Let's do it. Last major championship game of the weekend, and here the ACC is again with their championship game meaning nothing. Hey Jim Phillips, tell me again about why it wasn't the right time to expand the playoff six months ago, where you might could have gotten it a year sooner. Tell, tell me more, <laughs> you, you. Idiot. Tell, tell me more, Jim. Is it because of principle? Is it because you were mad at the SEC? Is it because you were holding out hope that Notre Dame was going to officially join your conference? Tell me more, Jim. You moron. I say the things that Richard doesn't want, can't say because he's too professional. I called him a moron a while back and decided yeah. that probably was not a great look. Uh, Clemson 10 and 2, North Carolina. That's why I'm here, Richard. Thanks, bud. Seven and a That's half points in favor of the Tigers. The ratings number, I know I'm like the only person that cares about stuff like this. Yeah. Going side by side with the Michigan Big Ten Championship game are going great. to be awful. Nobody's watching Clemson, North Carolina. Nothing on the line. No. Good uniform matchup. Very good. Dabo got tested oh, yeah. with the media this week, by the way. Did you guys see that? No, what did, what did, what did the media do to Dabo this time? Uh, no, I guess it was it was a call. It was his call-in show, mm. where a fan asked him, you know, after a couple of years of disappointing offense, are you thinking about making changes, you know, at quarterback or in your offense? And he snapped back and and said, if you don't like the way I do things, you can fire me and find somebody else to do it. Well, I don't really have the power to do that, coach. But if I did, I might. He's and you know how how spoiled those people are. A program with no history of success, one championship, nineteen eighty one. As I remind my friends all the time, that year was dubbed the worst year in college football history by ESPN. <laughs> I wouldn't care if I had a title. No, but still. best year ever, worst year ever. I got a trophy. Yeah, I'm good. That Whatever. Is the only yeah. 
history that they've ever had before Dabo, out of nowhere, brought them to prominence. Two 10-win seasons in a row. And and you're poking the bear. You're getting a little testy when Alabama comes up. Maybe he'll just consider it now. Maybe Nick Saban's well, coaching till he's ninety. I mean, we're in college football hell. It's it's fine. But by the way, as a head coach, Dabo at Clemson is one sixty and thirty eight, and it's pretty good. It took him a few years too, so there are more losses in the first years than there have been lately. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he had was, a six uh, loss season in the beginning. Four and three is an interim. Nine and five in year two. Six and seven. But since then. 10, 11, 11, 10, 14, 14, 12, 15, 14, 10, 10, 10, and maybe counting. They have not, not good won enough. fewer than 10 games at Clemson since 2011. And oh, by the way, there are two national championships in there also. He's feeling the heat. Mm. You can go ahead and fire and, me. And and played in the championship game in four out of five years. 15, 16, 18, and 19. And 2019 was not that long ago. Cumina from C Spire will join us coming up next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Several times this afternoon, we'll remind you again, the Ceasefire Connerly Trophy presentation that was supposed to be happening in person tonight at the Country Club of Jackson is now a virtual event. But you can watch the event beginning at 6.30 tonight by going to ceasefire.com slash Connerly. That's ceasefire.com slash Connerly, C-O-N-E-R-L-Y. Hugh Mina joins us right now. He's chairman and CEO at Ceasefire and uh, Hugh, I'd love to get into some football topics with you, uh, especially on kind of the NIL front and some of the changes in college football. But before we do that, uh, congratulations on what appears to have been a great year. You, you guys are still crushing it in wireless. Uh, the cloud storage business seems to be continuing to grow, but this fiber business is insane. Everywhere I look, I see a, a fiber-to-the-home truck or van or new installations or yard signs. It's everywhere. Did you ever imagine that it was going to be this big, this fast? Uh, no, Richard, I did not. There was no way to see that. And actually, the pandemic brought on an accelerated pace toward utilizing fiber. When we all got stuck at home and all and had to rely on our broadband services, found out the value of fiber across the board. So, yeah, we saw a lot of potential in it. We've invested heavily in it for several years now, kind of ahead of the curve, but everybody's trying to do it now. We're we're out front, and we're going we're gonna to stay very aggressive in doing just that, delivering more and more services over fiber. And, you know, quite frankly, our wireless network runs on top of our fiber network. So it, it, it uh, enhances everything that we and really anybody in the telecom slash technology space does. And, and in terms of investment in that fiber, the first number in that and that overall investment is a B, like with, with a billion and maybe multiple billions when it's all said and done. It's, it's an incredible investment and, and one that I guess is paying off, right? 
Uh, well, nobody told me it was that much, Richard. <laughs> no, it's oh. uh, it's a big number. It's just part. It's just part of us. You know, we we've been in a capital intensive business since we started about 35 years ago. It's just the way it is. It takes a lot of money to be to be able to feed the beast and these networks. And I'll just it's part of it. It's capital intensive, and uh, we have a great team that can return uh, and get a return on our investment primarily for our customers and also for our stakeholders in this company. It's, it's very important that we do it. It's just, it's just part, of, it's part of the infrastructure of this, of telecom in general. It just takes a lot of money to deliver the types of services and the quality of service that you need to deliver to be, uh, have long-term success in this world. Perhaps as a segue, there is another industry, I guess we'll call it that, that takes a lot of money to be successful, and that is college football. I know you're a huge football fan. Uh, so many schools are supported by C Spire through, through marketing agreements. Uh, when you look, Hugh, at where we are on the, the name, image, and likeness front, which frankly is not what it should be called. It should be called pay-for-play because that's yep. what it is at this that's point. It... Talk to me. From from somebody who runs a successful business, when when you look at this and you see the environment that we're in, what are your thoughts on where we are? Well, I tell you, it's an interesting time, and uh, I've you know I've loved college sports, not just football, but basketball and baseball, and and certainly this time of year, football. Hate to see the season end, quite frankly, but we're yeah. rolling into basketball season. But that's neither here nor there. Like in our business, there are structural advantages that a company might have, and there are structural disadvantages that a company has to deal with in just about every company in every industry. One thing I like about this changing nature of, of college athletics is that it does change, especially for us here in Mississippi. We've had some structural disadvantages over the years that have kept us from winning as many championships as we may all want to win. And so... The good news is, it some to some extent, it levels the playing field in that you know the transfer portal and you know if it, if, if if there are ever any guidelines that kind of limit that to some sane level, that could be that could be helpful and all, but it's and it's not right now, but it's probably going to get there. And there are ways. There's actually ways that uh, that are moving through Congress, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But then there's structural uh, disadvantages. Uh, we've seen uh, you know, universities in Mississippi really get aggressive in building their NIL funds through collectives and all, and that's a good thing. Is are Mississippi schools in a position to sustain that over time? I don't know, but I know in the NFL you have legislated parity. You have um, uh, salary caps and all that allow the smaller market teams to be able to compete year in and year out with the larger market teams. New Orleans and Green Bay compete, can compete with teams from New York and Los Angeles. And that's going to have to happen in college uh, college athletics. And thankfully, we have a leader in the Senate and Roger Wicker who is, who is actually moving legislation through and uh, has some really good ideas about how to bring some sanity to this, and uh, and I think it, it could be re- very advantageous, not not just for small market teams, if we want to refer to them as that, but also for college athletics in general, which we all love, especially here in the South, but of course throughout the whole U.S. So that's that's uh, that's encouraging to see that happening and all, and uh, I think we can uh, uh, we can see advantages of that that might that that could play out if we if this legislation can get through and the FTC the Federal Trade Commission can have some amount of say in uh in the way the NIL funds are 
are, are grown and distributed to the players. So I think you bring up a really interesting point. It's a conversation that we've had here uh, at, at different levels. You've had a front row seat, though, through your your, your business work to Congress dealing with, with antitrust legislation, with monopolies in, in phone companies, with the disbanding of some of those monopolies along the way. Right. Nothing happens fast when we're right. talking about the federal government. And I think so many people have lost trust in, uh, at the federal level, Congress to get anything done of, of substance. What gives you optimism that this is an entity or, or a, a project, if you will, that the federal government can, one, pull off, and two, get right? Well, here, here's why I think there's a reason to be optimistic. College athletics are part of the fabric, certainly of the South, but really throughout the country and all. And I don't think that it should uh, – there's already an NFL, there's already MLB, there's already NBA. Uh, and certainly college sports have become semi-professionals, uh, to say the least. But I think to sustain the wonderful aspects of college athletics, something's going to have to happen. And the only uh, body that can do anything about this is Congress. Congress is going to have to preempt some of the existing uh, antitrust laws and all to be able to put in the type of infrastructure that needs to occur to sustain college athletics uh, through this NIL slash transfer portal era and all. And I I just think it's such an important part of the uh, fabric of of the country that there will be appropriate legislation uh, in the Senate and the House somewhere along the way at at the federal level that will allow this to happen. Uh, Just common sense tells you that. I know common sense doesn't always reign in D.C., but it it just almost has to here, or we won't see uh, what it'll, it'll, everything will go into the hands of about 10 universities or something, and that'll be all that'll be able to compete for championships. But I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's going to occur. You, you raised an interesting question earlier. You, you were talking about collectives, and you know, there's been a push with Mississippi State, especially after the Egg Bowl, to to grow their collective, and and they seem to be doing that. Ole Miss has had a, a ton of success with the Grove Collective, but you asked the question: Is that sustainable? And I feel like that's the same question that we were asking a year ago when Texas A&M threw massive amounts of money at their recruiting class, only to have a, a five and seven season, and we were kind of all asking that: Is it sustainable? So a, as you look at it here in Mississippi. Mississippi, as we wait potentially for Congress to do something like that, do you think it's sustainable, at least in the short term, with where we are? Yeah, I think it is short term. I think it can be, as, as, as you just gave a couple examples, it's, it's occurring and all, but I don't think it's sustainable long term. I think we can do whatever we need to do short term, and we're seeing that happen across in Mississippi and across other SEC schools and all. But uh, that, that, that something's going to have to, <clears throat> something's going to have to, uh, change for the long run, but uh, yeah, we're, I think it's all it's all fine now. And it's good, and the collectives have done great work, and have uh, not only uh, kept the schools in the game, have actually advanced some. So that's that's a real good thing. But uh, something's going to have to occur, as you think, three years out, six years out, nine years out. It's just that's just the way it's going. Have to. Uh, only about a minute left. Uh, just a, a final word from you on the Connerly, uh, the Ceasefire Connerly Trophy, which is going to be awarded virtually tonight. Disappointing not to be able to have the ceremony because it's always so nice, especially for those finalists that are, are being honored. But uh, still a chance, and what a year it has been in college football in the state of Mississippi. 
Yeah, it has. And I think the best way to encapsulate that, it has just flown by. I can't believe yeah. there have already been 12 regular season games. I, it seems like we're just coming out of the summer. But uh, it has been a very interesting year across the board. I hate that we can't be there in person tonight to see and hear from the head coaches and the players and all, but that's just part of it. And we'll utilize technology to fill the gap tonight. Cspire.com slash Connerly. It starts at 630, about 45 minutes from right now. Hugh, thanks as always for your support of college athletics and uh, of Sports Talk Mississippi. Good to uh, catch up, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Richard. Appreciate it. Hugh Mina joining us this afternoon. He is the chairman and CEO of Seaspire. It's been an incredible year for them. The Seaspire Connolly Trophy will be awarded in, what, about three hours? That's happening tonight. We will wrap up this edition of the show with you on the other side of this timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. With you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. This is probably not the night to try and go ice skating, but you have many opportunities between now and the 2nd of January to get your ice skating fix on as part of Holly Jolly Holidays, plus the uh, community marketplace that's happening and all the other things. Get all the details. All the deets online at visitoxfordms.com or follow along on their social media channels, Visit Oxford MS, for TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Twitter, all of the things. Always uh, good to catch up with Humina. He's the chairman and CEO at uh, C Spire. C Spire has been an incredible partner of this show for, well, since its inception, since the very beginning, and we are thankful. Uh, for them, and always uh, appreciate some time from Hugh joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Um, there was a question about Lane Kiffin's contract and if there were any specifics. Uh, they did not re- uh, release any terms of the contract today, only that he had signed the new deal. Uh, I think I told you, I guess I reported a week and a half or two weeks ago, that the offer on the table from Ole Miss uh, was an average annual value of $9 million. And uh, I think that has proved to be true. I think it starts a little lower that, than that and then escalates through the life of the deal. Uh, I've seen some reporting that through the foundation there are a couple of extra years beyond the four uh, that are guaranteed or are allowed by the uh, the state of Mississippi on a, a state contract uh, so a couple of extra years that are guaranteed in there through the uh, the university's foundation, well, the athletics foundation at Ole Miss. So um, yeah. that is done for now. And hey, Dad can make his joke about for eleven months. No, no, I, was, I had another joke. 
Oh. It's like, wow, nine nine million a year. He can move into your neighborhood now. Maybe. <laughs> I'll sell him my house if he wants it, but I, <laughs> I bet you would. It. I I don't think he wants it. I've seen people yeah. do the Oh, how are they able to do that? Like that that's gotta be illegal. Your school, whoever you are, fan in this state, has done the same thing. I don't I don't know how that is like a surprise to people. It's it's weird. I mean, we've been talking for how long about, look, it's a four-year max, but they do stuff through the foundation to make the contracts longer than four years. They've been doing it forever. And then people are, like, surprised by the fact that Ole Miss is able to give Lane Kiffin more than four years in contract length. It's not surprising. It's a workaround. Challenge it in court if you'd like. You'd lose. Three things coming up this week to tell you about on Super Talk Mississippi tomorrow middays with Gerard and good things with Rebecca Turner. will be live in downtown Cleveland celebrating their beautiful display of 50 Nights of Lights where over a million lights transform Cleveland into a winter wonderland this holiday season. Now through January 1st, you can view the lights by walking down the trail or by driving, and it's free, and it's beautiful. Downtown Cleveland, they've done such a good job with that. On Friday, Mississippi Farm Bureau celebrates 100 years, and Super Talk Mississippi will be there. Join the Super Talk Mississippi team as we broadcast live all day from the Mississippi Trademark. That's Friday as we celebrate 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau. And then a cool event coming up this weekend in Meridian, live from the Temple. It's an event at the Temple Theater in Meridian that will feature over 24 Mississippi musicians performing to help restore the legendary Temple Theater in Meridian. The show is Sunday. It starts at 2 o'clock, and you can get your tickets online at thetempletheater.com. So a lot coming up over the, uh, the next few days. Busy time of the year. Fun time of the year also. Predictions for the Connerly. Can't reveal our votes yet, but who do you think is going to win it when it's all said and done? Judkins. I, I think it'll end up being Was that Judkins, sad or just you Sanders. didn't need to clear your throat? I may need to clear my throat, yeah. <laughs> Judkins. Judkins. And if he, people, some people might get mad that Forbes potentially could finish third in this. Yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a shot of that. Yeah. Especially uh, if you cast your vote before, like when they came out, because he had that pick six against East Tennessee State. Why would anybody uh, I, do I, that? I, think people, I mean, I know that's when they send out the ballots, but why would you not wait for the entire season to finish before casting your ballot? That makes no sense to me. Oh, nor did I. Uh, yeah, I, I think Quinshawn Judkins wins. Uh, he's going to be a first-team All-SEC running back. He's going to be a freshman All-American. Uh Best single rushing season in Ole Miss football history. Uh, that's not nothing. But we'll see. And you can watch it. cspire.com slash Connerly. Stream starts at 6.30 tonight. Be sure to check that out online. Thanks for being with us. Be safe tonight. Stay weather aware as we get into the dark hours. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studio, I'm Richard Cross. Good night.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.